0: The Pelicans have a tough week going 0-3 in the battle versus Florida, and dropping to 4th in the West, and then this week dropping to 8th in the West by losing 8 in a row, and now our 8th in the Western Conference. On tonight's episode, we discuss Brandon Ingram's return, the Pelicans' lack of rim protection, and how the Pelicans can put a stop to the bleeding in the lost column. Thanks for pulling up. As always, let's get it. What up what up welcome to this week's episode of pals power new orleans.network podcast as always i am your host
1: Raphael rattler joined by my fellow little brother gary g-money Rattler. What's popping with you bro what up what up what up man it's all good all good down here man some some very very uh upset people uh a lot of upset people in the city uh going on about this this pal's losing streak man it is, it's kind of put a damper on the on the mood of the city, man, it's 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 crazy how like this used to be how the Saints were, right? Like the Saints, mm-hmm. you the you could tell if the Saints won a game or not by how everybody felt Monday morning uh, when they went to work, or if it was a Thursday night game how they went to Friday or whatever. So it's kind of permeated to the Pels now, man. The Pels are in the midst of this this long losing streak and it's got some people upset, man. Got got some some angry. Angry New Orleans, but hey man, look, it's 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 always a new day, man. like Lorilla said. That's that's why I love tomorrow. So uh, but anyway, man, it's all good over here. How's everything on your end? Um, uh,
0: everything is blessed on our end. We got some snow and ice, which is unusual, uncommon. That just means I'll be in the house. Um, that being said, we got a lot uh to talk about today. A lot has transpired in the last week. Yes, got a lot it has. Of good stuff but no, we not. will talk about it today and we'll get it off our chest so that being said before we go too far follow us on twitter at pals pod follow us on ig at pals podcast like the episode below uh please we're going to continue with the the comments and uh, we're going to continue coming with content and things like that but most importantly make sure you subscribe to new orleans.network so The Pelicans played four games this week. Again, it consisted of two back to backs with a little bit of rest time in between. Didn't matter because they lost all four. (laughs) That being said, you went into the week and you said, you know, the bookends were going to be tough. You played the nuggets um, at home with out Brandon Ingram and without Zion Williamson. Uh, They're the number one team in the West for a reason, but I think that they actually match up pretty well with the nuggets. And so, the game was competitive, right? Like you had a, a game where even though you're down your top guns, you're in it till the end, um, you know, and it just came down to Jokic making the right plays and getting his guys easy touches late in the game and the Pelicans not being able to close it out uh, with a buzzer beater, right? And so with that being said, there were a couple of things that you, you took from that game. Again, you love to see the competitive edge from the Pelicans being able to, you know, fight with amongst a team that was number one in the league in terms of scoring and hold them to such a few amount of points on your home floor, especially when you've been struggling to put up points on your own. And so in this particular game, you saw the Pelicans started, not a starter trim, but continue one, right? They dug themselves into a hole. Uh, They had to try to climb out of it, which takes a lot of energy. You had guys like Billy and Jose, give you a spark, but Ultimately, as hard to do when you're playing versus MVP candidate. So, what was something from that game do you think the Pelicans can take with them and ultimately learn from for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, the, the Nuggets game was tough. Uh, you know, it is kind of again, it's it's almost a broken record, man. This this team, you hear about the depth of the team, and it's so easy to get lost in you know, Brandon Ingram's not there, Zion's not there, and they're losing. So obviously, there's not a depth of the team, but you see the Pelicans in games right in games that they have no business being in um the nuggets they were they kind of took the game and ran away with it and the pelicans walked them down uh, with a lot of points per game sitting on the bench and listen this is is it's a microcosm of the season right you you, you see the f- competitive nature you see the fight and i think that's what's so frustrating you know for people is that you know if you look at the team if they just had you know their full roster you see them climb to the if top healthy. of the the it is. right, right. If healthy, you see them climb to the top of the standings, and even in games that they don't have them to be so competitive, it just not have the guy. Like I said last podcast, man, the Pelicans are going to compete, and at the end of the game, the Nuggets going to sub in Jokic, the Bucks going to sub in Giannis, the the Heat going to sub in Jimmy and Bam, you know, and it's the the Mavericks going to sub in Luca, like it, it 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 time after time after time, and it's just difficult to win. Uh, without without your you know without your best players. So, you know, from this game, obviously you saw Jose literally put the team on his back with his energy, uh his defensive uh, you know, his defensive prowess. Uh kind of just bringing that spark that he he's known for and that's you know, that's the role that Jose should be in, right? The sub in and you know, bring the energy, do the things that that you do well um and then sub out and then run the offense through the guys that are supposed to, right? And you you you're asking Jose to start and then run the offense and then also play that type of defense. It's just a lot for for these guys to to handle. So just to see kind of Jose put his team on his back and understand what they needed at that point in time um, was good to see. Uh, I wish he had gotten a chance to close the game. He had earned the right to close the game. Uh, CJ took two bad shots at the end of that game um, that I'm sure, you know, he would, he would, if you went back and looked and it got that opportunity. Mm -hmm again, that they would run it for, for Jose, who had that hot hand. But, you know, it, it's just tough to watch the team compete and be right there. And then you look to, you know, the, the guys who are supposed to be the second line, they out there playing 30, 40 minutes, they look to their left and their right in the end of the fourth quarter, and there's nobody, there's no help coming in. Um, There's no, you know, the reinforcements are not having, hadn't arrived at that point. And so, uh, you know, it was tough, but it was good to see Jose just kind of have one of those, you know, one of those typical Jose quarters uh, and it coming in the fourth for him to kind of bring the team back the way he did. You know what
0: a lot of these games remind me of? The, maybe I'm showing my age here, but the original <laughs> Space Jam with Mike secret stuff. <laughs> it's like you got these guys like Najee and Tyson and Jose that are coming in, Larry Nance, coming in, bringing energy, giving you a spark to the team and they got all the Mike Secret stuff in them. And then they're (laughs) asked to play more minutes and do more jobs and do more things, and it's like they ran out of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you you see it happen through the course of the game where you see the emotional ups and downs when, uh, again, they're used to a small sample size that they come in and give everything they got and then get subbed out for Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Like, that – that's what they're used to, but now they're asked to extend themselves over a longer period of time, and that's just not something young, unexperienced players have, have have experience doing right, and so you see it drag out, you see the high quarters, and you see the one quarter where you give up 40. Like you see these things trickle down over the week, and so the wolves games and the wizards game. I kind of put those two games together. They just got outworked. I just think that those those teams outworked them, though. The Wolves have been playing better after starting the season terribly. Same with the Wizards, starting the season terribly, mucking it up, and now they're on a win streak. Now that they found some rhythm, now that they say that they have a new big three in Washington, whatever, right? Like Brandon Beal comes in, he closes the games, but you get killed on the boards. Now, JV getting thrown out for throwing an elbow, that's probably part of it. But what did you say? They're going to sub in Bradley Bill at the end of the game, and Brandon Ingram didn't have it going, right? And we'll get to him a little bit, but he started the game off well, but you expect this from a guy who sat out for two months. And so the Wolves game, he started the game off terribly, and then it kind of rounded the form. So it's going to take him a while to be able to put a full game together of Brandon Ingram. But out of those two games, was there anything that stood out to you?
1: Yeah, his, it, like you said, we'll get into it, but I think his his return was very emotional and emotionally charged. And mm-hmm. there's just a lot of, you know, a lot of things, you know, while Wayne, when he first came when B.I. first <laughs> came out before, like, of course, B.I. was announced last in the introduction. And it was like, he's back, and the entire crowd went crazy. Um, and I just think he was a little jacked up, right? This is his first game back. Uh, you heard what he said, like, I don't plan on fitting in. You have to give me the ball. Like, he wanted to come out, he wanted it bad, and, um, you know, it, it showed those first two games. But I think, you know, uh, like, like you know, going into both of those games, going into this week, I said one of the things that you needed to watch out for was those active big men, those active fours, those, you know, those 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 switchable bigs, those guys, the, the Josh Okoye, the Jared Vanderbilt, those guys have been a thorn in the side. And here comes Jaden McDaniels and Daniel Gafford coming in looking like all-stars in, in, in the game. And, and listen, when you have guys who are working like that, right, who are so active, and it, it goes back to what we were talking about, where when we were talking about, you know, when you have JV and you have Billy Hernan Gomez, you, when 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 the Wizards go to Daniel Gafford, Billy is not going to cut it. You know, he's not going to cut it for trying to keep up with the athletic build Physicalness of, of a Daniel Gafford. um, and same thing with the athletic build of a Jared Vanderbilt, Joshua Okoye, um, uh, Jaden McDaniels like all of those guys seem to be that thorn in the Pelican side that that active four, um, you know, and, and, and it showed his, his, his face again. And then, you know, when you have you know the guys that's coming off the bench and like Devontae Graham and stuff, like Devontae Graham had a, a you know a pretty good week you know a pretty good week the, the past week um was really hitting some shots and, and doing some things for the Pels um in a way but he's not a guy that you know you bring off the bench like I, we talked about in the comments like a Malik Beasley right a guy who comes in and that is he knows his role he's a and he's efficient in his role and he just he works and he hits he has shots and thing and it's just you know these guys are just being asked to do so much and carry a lot. Um and I just think you know you saw it at the end of the game you know, Brett, like you said, against Minnesota, Brandon, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram didn't have it. Anthony Edwards did, you know, second against the Wizards, Brandon Ingram didn't have it. CJ didn't have it. Bradley Bill did. These are the, this is what happens, right? But those guys are the guys for the team, right? Even Brandon Ingram, Mm -hmm. you know, Brandon Ingram had a phenomenal season last year and, you know, he had a great beginning to this season, but I think it's not really rocket science to say that zion is a little different right is the mm-hmm. best player on the team um and as far as like when when defense is planned for the pelicans he's the guy that they're planning around so when you don't have that guy right and you you you're trying to j- just think of a bucks team led by like chris middleton like that's that is what you're watching right now a, a, a team that yeah chris middleton is good but like he's not Giannis. yeah brandon ingram is fantastic he's wonderful a great knocking on the door superstar He's not an all-star starter in Zion Williamson. And so these are the are the games that you miss, you know, miss having those guys. And again, it's a broken record, it's a it's 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 upsetting, it's frustrating. But the worst time for Brandon Ingram to come back is a time when Zion is not there. Because now with him trying to work his way back, his shots are worth a lot, a lot, a lot. Because now you are the offense. And so mm-hmm. if you are the offense and you're trying to get those shots going. You see what happened against the the Wizards in the, in, in the Timberwolves. So you're trying to work yourself back, and you don't have your guys out there. It's it's a broken record. It's a sad record to be played over and over again. But it just is what it is, and it's a situation where the Pelicans they have to you know they have to adjust, and and we'll talk about that later.
0: Right. Um. And then you play the Bucks game, which is basically a punter game. Like you schedule. That was Ooh. a schedule loss. It was Ooh, back to back. They landed at Ooh, like child. zero o'clock in the morning. And CJ immediately was not playing. I'm out. Again, I'm you out. punt. You punted the game. But what did you take away from the Bucks game? Giannis Kyra. is really good at basketball. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> that was already established. You, we didn't need to watch Giannis score 50 points and shoot two meaningless threes while <laughs> hey, having 50% my contested bad. to know that Giannis yeah. was incredible at basketball. What You're did right, you Clay. learn? Kyra Lewis Jr. can play basketball. And so... Mm. That let's just jump into that cop that 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 particular comment. Kyra came in and gave you 15 points, six assists, three minutes, in 27 minutes, or three rebounds in 27 minutes. I went back and looked. Devontae Graham has scored 15 points twice this season, and he has played in almost every game. Again, Ooh. there's nothing wrong with Devontae Graham. I think, again, the same way. We say no, in the same way we say, you know, Dyson, in the same way we say Herb, their shots are rated more because you don't have your two play. I think that that plays for Devontae Graham as well. And I think he's been used incorrectly. He's used as like a lead guard where it's either Najee or it's Devontae. And that's not his position that that's not what he does like a lot of times you throw the ball to him and the ball stops or he dribbles in the same spot for like 10 seconds and then you have it's because he's a catch-and-shoot player well if you don't have the guys drawing activity or getting dribble penetration to then pass to the catch-and-shoot player you're asking him to create on his own but that's not what he does right when trey's unable to can create on his own people will say Oh, well, he's not there yet. He needs to be a catch-and-shoot player. I think that's what Devontae is, right? I really think that's what he is. But in a short amount of time, you saw what a player who can generate their own offense looks like in Kyle Lewis. And this wasn't like mop-up duty. It wasn't at the end of the game when the Nassas is in and shooting fadeaways, contested <laughs> middies. This is throughout the game because the Pelicans punted it and they had very little people available. He was getting to the lane while Brooke Lopez was in the game. He was getting to the lane while Giannis was in the game. Kyra has a unique skill set that not very many players in the NBA possess, and that is his speed. And what you saw throughout the game was him divvying it up, like knowing how to speed up and how to slow down. And there was even times where he was deferring where I'm like, Kyra, you've just hit three shots in a row give the ball to you you run the pick and roll you go with Najee you go score right you got to that point midway through the game you're like why has this guy not been getting minutes right and so I look at this I'm saying man somebody asked I think it was Jen asked Willie Green after the game hey Devonte, or, or uh, excuse me the Kyra earned some more minutes he said it's something we're gonna have to look at listen I don't know if you can Go further, especially right now with Zion being unavailable and Brandon Ingram working themselves back to form. I don't know if you can go too many more games and not give Kyra honest. Look, your biggest issue right now, because the defense is kind of rounded back to form. They play some good defensive now. The Bucks game, throw that away. But that lately they've been playing better defensively, which is giving them a chance in all of these games. But your problem is you can't score. Kyra has shown you in every instance that you have put him out there so far this year, that that's something he's capable of doing. And so my question to you is like, can you walk into the Nuggets game and Kyra Lewis doesn't come off the bench for right? you?
1: Yeah. We talked about this. We talked about this a couple of podcasts. We've actually been talking about this all season, but a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about, Hey, Willie's going to have to have his come to Jesus moment with, with Kyra Lewis. It's it's going to have to happen because there's only so many times you can say Zion is not playing and Brandon Ingram is not playing and Dyson Daniels is not playing and Herb is missing, but you're still not going to play Kyra. Like, there's only so many times that you could do that before just the, the, the battle of attrition calls for 13 to get on the floor. Well, yesterday was that that time, right? The, the, the Bucks game was that time, and you saw it. You saw him come in and immediately – Instant impact. We always talk about this, uh, you know, when we're tweeting games and things about the instant impact. Kyra Lewis does it every time he touches the floor, and it's not so much about how he how he gets himself going because he's running because he's always in in you know third gear, and because he's so shifty, people are running with him. People are energized as opposed to like what you said, Devontae Graham being used the way he is. He's not a guy who has a lot of turn the corner speed or straight line speed or speed with the ball. Like he doesn't have a lot of that at all. What his specialty is is catching and getting the shot off quickly. Kyra can help Devonte do that. He can do some of the things that, that Zion, when he turns the corner, does. And you you saw him get past people. You saw him, you know, hit guys in in, in, in perfect cuts and perfect shooting. He's a he's a basketball player. And I and I keep saying. That you had you drafted him in the lottery. This isn't a second round guy, this isn't an undrafted guy, this isn't a two-way guy, this is a guy you drafted in the lottery. So obviously, you identified and recognized a talent, a skill set that he had, and so for him to not be able to touch the floor, right? He he even when you go back to like not playing Jackson and, and those guys, like Kyra has shown consistency. Every time mm-hmm. he's get, gotten in the game, it's like, okay, I see what Kyra can bring. It's never like, oh, that's why Kyra isn't playing. You never come from a game that way. And so, you know, if he's showing you all of this and giving you that opportunity, I see a couple of people in the, in the, in the comments. If you're going to start Jose, right, and I still think that Jose is best off the bench in good spaces, right, in, go- in good good. He come in, give all of that GTA energy and, and and all of that getting into the um to the lane and, and passing out for a uh, x amount of minutes span. Kyra is a guy that if you know we we've gone from him not playing, I don't know if the leap to get into for him to start, but if you're gonna play Jose. It might be better to put Kyra in there with CJ and with Brandon Ingram and with Herb and those guys and Trey Murphy with those guys and let them let him get up and down the floor uh, with those guys and push the push the tempo, push the pace. Get CJ some catch and shoot wide open shots, get Brandon Ingram some shots that'll get him into a rhythm as opposed to giving the ball to these guys and telling them, hey, look, here's 12 seconds left on the clock. Do something. It's very difficult to do that in the NBA, especially coming back from the multitude of injuries that Brandon Ingram is coming from, that CJ has been dealing with the injuries and the illnesses. And so Kyra brings a a, a level of uncorking and uncapping the offense that you need right now. Right. I'm not saying that Kyra is the 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 elixir, the the you know, the fixing for everything. But like you said, there is a glaring issue with the Pelicans, and it is scoring, it's scoring droughts, it's not having the firepower, not having the shooting. Kyra was letting them loose. He was hitting threes. He, he was pull-up threes. He sure confidence. He, he just looks like a guy that you could put him in and he could instantly help this offense and boost it. And so going further, man, like, like you said, you, you saw what he did against Dallas when he was called in to, to put in. He almost made Jason Kidd have to put in the starters back. Um, because he was playing so well, and now you saw against the Bucks the way this wasn't in garbage time. This was like, okay, we need you for the game, and he performed well um, in, in the minutes that he was given. I don't think that this is something that you can go back and, and we saw this. This is very similar to last season when they going into the All Star break they asked Willie Green, "Are you going to address the Garrett Temple minutes?" And he said it's something that we're going to take a look at. And Garrett Temple never saw the starting lineup. Never just saw very few minutes after that. I think this is the same type of situation where you, you hear Willie Green say, you know what, something will address. And I think that means that you can expect to see Kyra um, in some form of, of fashion in a rotation moving forward. The thing that stood out to me, to your point,
0: was the six assists. You, when, when you're down two guys that can give you 50 points and the only other guy who is able to get his the shot on this roster is CJ McCollum, and you're asking him to do so much. Having a guy available who can create for other people is so important, right? And so that was the part that I was looking I was looking at his ability to find other people, which he's able to do. He may quickly catapult himself to one of the best passes on the team because it's not a very high bar, because <laughs> he's able to get the ball to Jackson for easy points or for guys in the donkey spot because he's a point guard, right? And because he has an elite skill set. The other thing is you you hear Willie Green talking about pace. That's something you saw very much from Kyra, right? And so if those are the things you're looking at, I just don't see how a player like that doesn't crack some type of opportunity, some type of rotation. The defensive side of the ball, we had this exact same conversation about Trey Murphy last year. You needed threes. There was a glaring need for it. Trey Murphy's skill set is threes. The thing that kept him from the court was defense. I was watching Kyra defense. and I was like, this is good enough, right? For what what you are dealing with right now, everyone wants to talk about, well, go trade him and you need this and this flaw and that flaw when the roster is built around guys who are really good offensively. So a bunch of defensive guys are trying to play offense right now. Why wouldn't you play one of the offensive guys (laughs) that you need in order to score points and so to your point i don't think kyra is the answer to fix everything that's going on without zion but you know who is the answer for the pelicans to get back on track his name is brandon ingram so something you mentioned a little bit earlier and i see this in the comments as well someone saying brandon ingram is a 1a caliber player i tend to agree with you and so to your point no I don't I I do think there's a tier between Zion and between Brandon Ingram but I think Brandon Ingram was pretty damn good and no he's the fact that the fact that you know the Wolves game you saw hey you know I'm getting off to a rough start and you know the the Wizards game he got off to a hot start and then cooled down I think that's just his getting him really he's very much a rhythm player and so For a guy like that who misses a lot of time, I think it's going to take a couple games. We used to talk about this all the time. What Brandon Ingram are you going to get after he comes back from an injury? Now, last year may have made people forget those things, but Brandon was always a little bit rusty coming back from from injury. And so in this situation, what you saw from him is he was trying to score everything. And the thing I like and I appreciate so much about B.I. is that he's very self-aware in the in the post game presser like bi how do you think you did he was like man basically he was like me and cj were clicking like we at the end of games we just start going your turn my turn and taking shots and for a guy who this team again is built around on top of zion with guys are looking for cuts and guys are looking for open threes That's what made Brandon Ingram the guy everybody was scared of last year. The guy who was the playmaker. Brandon Ingram's always been able to score, but his ascension and his playmaking and his defense is what made people raise their eyes to Brandon Ingram last year. I think that in these games that you see so far, he's like, I got to do it from scoring because my team needs scoring. I got to do it that way. But sometimes it's just your gravity that the team needs. Like, it's not always the contested fadeaway too. Sometimes it's, drawing the double said that you can kick it out to a wide-open CJ, a wide-open Jose, a wide-open Larry for the dunk, whatever it may be. And I think that's just going to take some time. I think he realized that after the game that, hey, I need to get my teammates involved and we need to find an offense that works, not just, hey, B.I. go win us the game. More so, how did we get to where we were last year? And so do you think that, probably not seeing Zion before all-star break maybe do you think Brandon Ingram can do enough to hold the time obviously the Pelicans have dropped a significant amount in the standings but doesn't really mean anything because every night the standings are going to be jumbled up in the west so do you think if BI returns to the BI that we knew from last
1: season the Pelicans will be all right I do. I do. I, I think Brandon Ingram is that good of a player. I think that he is, Uh, and you saw it, right? You saw him again. You know, the playoffs were one thing. If you look back to that last month where the Pelicans could not lose a game, if they wanted to make the play-in tournament, they had to win every game, almost every game, and Brandon Ingram showed up every single game and, and competed and performed and did what he did every single game. Again, everything – has context. Everything has a little bit of, you know, it's not just face value, right? You see Brandon Ingram coming back from this injury, but what what you don't see is that he's coming back from the injury, being treated as now the number one option, both offensively from the Pelicans viewpoint, as well as the defensive game plan Um, now. And so, you know, you're, you're working through your injury to try to knock off two months of rust. And you're you're being asked to, you know, now you are the savior on offense. You have to come save the team. And the defense sees you as the number one option. They know that you will come and save the team. So they treat you as such. So you're working through all of that. Um, you know, all of that. And and again, this is gonna be a tough task for Willie Green because at the beginning, it was a it was one offense, right? It was Brandon Ingram and then Zion, you go down there, CJ, you come work you know, come to be the point guard, and then we'll get B.I. in it. And then go B.I. goes down. And so now it's like, okay, it's the C.J. and Zion show. And then C.J. goes down. It's like, oh, wait, point Zion is a thing. So then Zion steps up, and then Zion gets hurt. So you're constantly changing the offense and constantly changing how, you know, things need to run. And then you're constantly trying to to get these guys meshed together and, and get time on the floor. So it's a lot. It's a lot to ask for everyone involved. But I think, you know, what B.I. has shown... Uh, and you saw it at the beginning of that uh, of that Wizards game that when he when he gets going, he's still Brandon Ingram. Like you still I tweeted. He's hashtag still good because he he was you know, he was attacking. He was getting to the to the rim, He was hitting his turnarounds. I think he just he just kind of hit a slump, hit a wall, and he tried to shoot his way through it. And again, this is the worst time for Brandon Ingram to have come back when Zion is out for an extended period of time and the Pelicans have already lost a certain amount of games in a row, because now you're being looked at as to say, like if the Pelicans were like Michael Porter Jr. came back and it was like very, very quiet. Nobody okay. knew it was not a big thing. It was not big on ESPN. Like they didn't expect Michael Porter Jr. To come in because the Nuggets were the number one team in the West. So you can bring him in and he could get his shots up because you got Jokic, You got Murray. You got all of the guys that Aaron Gordon has been playing. Well, the Pelicans, who were number one on December th- – uh, their first seed on December 13th, now on Jan- January 30th, they're eighth in the, in the league, gone uh, in the West, lost eight games, and now you're trying to bring Brandon Ingram back, and now everybody's looking at, okay, is back. Now the Pelicans are going to soar. Well, you have to give the guys some time to kind of get back into it, and again – if, if you were bringing B.I. back and the Pelicans were the third seed or the second seed and you lost two in a row and everybody would say, oh, yeah, it's because B.I. is being integrated and, you know, he needs his time to get back. But because you lose eight games in a row and you're now in a place, it's like, well, man, I need you to go 12 for 12 next game mm-hmm. or, and, you know, whatever. So it's just tough. So I think that that Brandon Ingram is going to work his way through this. Um, he's going to get himself. He's going to get his feet underneath them. Um, and I think that he is good enough to keep the Pelicans within striking distance. Listen, all it takes is a five game win streak for the Pelicans. And you're right back at three, four range, right? This isn't, this isn't crunch time yet. We're not in March. This isn't the time where it's like, you need to win off 10 to make the playoffs. Brandon Ingram is good enough to keep the Pelicans within two games, three games four games at the most of a 3-4 seed. And as long as he does that and you bring Zion back, I think that they'll be able in in good position to to make a run um, or to maintain a good position at three and four. Again, the Nuggets have have run away with it. Memphis is running uh, and and doing their thing. They lost five in a row, but they, they, they won their game last night. So I think that the expectation should not be to be chasing one and two. To be in the three, four uh range, maybe even five, because maybe you can beat that four seed on the road. You're not really afraid of a four seed on the road. But if you can stay out in three, that three, four, five range until Brandon uh Zion comes back. I think that Brandon Ingram and this team is talented enough. Once they get their feet underneath them, um, they're talented enough to do that. And once Zion get back, that's when you make your push, that's when you make your run. I
0: think that. Brandon Ingram needs to have a welcome to the season game. Very similar to remember when CJ went off, hit all those threes. It's like, welcome CJ to this season, right? Mm-hmm. He even going through a slump. And, and I'm not just saying that for the Pelicans to win a game, they need Brandon Ingram to go off and drop 40. I think for everyone's like morale and like for everyone's energy, they need to see Brandon Ingram be Brandon Ingram. So I see somebody in the comments mentioning it earlier. They're like the energy guys, the team and the stands and the fans, they feed off the energy guys. Well, the energy guys, I absolutely agree, feed off the stars. When Zion's doing crazy stuff and Brandon Ingram's unguardable, I think the energy guys play that much better, just like when energy players and role players play better at home. And so if Brandon comes through in this next week and drops one of those Brandon-like games, I think the whole team gets a little bit of monkey off their back. Like, okay, he's back, we're back. And they get into some type of rhythm. And so I agree with you to, to that point. Something that you saw and something that you learned throughout, you know, Brandon Ingram's two game comeback was you saw how easy the game became for CJ McCullough. And something that we said earlier to start this season, like CJ was adopting more of a point guard role, and that's what was being asked of him. I think all that is dead. I think that that doesn't need to be the game plan moving forward. I think that the more off ball CJ, the better, right? I think you let Brandon Ingram and you let Zion Williamson control the pace of the game. Now, I'm not saying at no point let CJ bring the ball up and get into his bag. I'm saying the majority of the game needs to be off, off ball in the corner or, or at the point. Of catches you getting CJ wide open looks because in the few minutes you saw, and again, this is why I think Brandon Ingram getting his rhythm is just so critical for the rest of the team is because to your point, he's being guarded like a number one option. Now the Pelicans don't guard teams with doubles that are number <laughs> one options. That's why they go for forty and fifty. But everybody else guards your number one with two, three, in Zion's case, four or five players at times. And so if that's the case, somebody's going to be open. And wouldn't you want that player to be CJ McCullough? So really, I think it's more Zion is the point guard and Brandon Ingram and, and, and CJ are the wings. Am I crazy by thinking that? Because I just look at the team and I'm trying to guesstimate what it's going to look like once all
1: three of them are healthy at the same time. No, absolutely not. You're not. You're not crazy. Uh, again, something that I, I'm I've been beating the drum on is that by making CJ adopt the point guard mentality, you're doing a disservice to both him and the team. Because again, what have I been saying this entire season? When you the the essence of a basketball player, who they are as a at their best is when the play breaks down. What are, what are you? in tune to do what are you naturally instinctive to do when the play breaks down cj is looking for a bucket he is not looking to pass he is not looking to make a play that is what point guards do jose is always looking to pass Mm -hmm. to a fault he is always (laughs) looking. that is what that is what a point guard does when the play breaks down he is looking to pass chris paul when the play breaks down if if it's five seconds left on the clock and you cut chris paul is looking to get it to you cj is not that. When when it don't even be when the play breaks down, they could be ten seconds left on the clock. <laughs> see the see the Timberwolves game, and it's going up because that is what CJ is, and that is what he's made a career of doing. It's what he did at Lehigh. It's what he did with Portland. It's what he does does with the Pelicans. So when you when you try to box him into a point guard position, um, you know, and, and I think it should have been more of CJ is the point guard because we need a PG on the stat sheet. Like right. that's what I mean about CJ being the point. Not his role as the point guard, but we need a PG on the on the team. He's the shortest guy out there uh, on the starting lineup, so he's gonna be the PG. But you taking away from him because his best stat, his best thing that he does, which has made him, like he said, I get paid like an all star. It's because he can get buckets. It's not because he's passing. And so you 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 see it right. You see some of the rough turnovers. You see some of the the dribble, 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 pull up mid range jumper. When you know maybe if you just made two passes, you might get a backdoor cut or, or things like that. And what you, what you're doing when you do that, especially with a guy like you know Zion out and when Bi was out, is not only are you take is that a bad shot, but you're 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 like you're making everybody else exhale because it's like okay, we got to get back on defense because of that quick shot. And now everybody's running back on defense. We got to get back. We got to come, things like that, as opposed to getting everybody a touch um, and getting people involved. That is a Zion thing. We've seen it. Zion's passing, mm-hmm. Zion's playmaking. He gets people involved because, you know, you have to guard him with five people. And usually if you make one pass, if you're being guarded by five people, somebody's going to be open. And you've seen CJ, look, Brandon Ingram's first play, was dribble down the floor, C.J. got a wide-open three-pointer. And I tweeted that at that moment. C.J. ain't been that wide-open in weeks, Mm. in months. He ain't been that wide-open in a long time. And so he, Brandon Ingram's, like like, to your point earlier, all Brandon Ingram has to do is dive cut. He dive cut once three people are running with him, and Jose, whoever can make the play to C.J., can make the pass over. Brandon Ingram doesn't even need to be the guy initiating the offense, getting the buckets going. If he just plays off if, if he just cuts, he has a lot of eyes on him and we always talk about windows and basketball is played in windows. You give a guy a cut, you take one step off CJ, you take one step off Trey, you know, theoretically, um they make the they make those shots. And so, you know, I think CJ as a catch and shoot player, we, you know, this is this is where he is at you know at his point in his career like again he can get buckets he can dance with him he can do whatever but that doesn't it, it's a it's it's like a it's like a the main course of the offense right now when it needs to be a side dish you need even maybe a dessert um at the at this point especially when zion get back it is definitely a dessert <laughs> at that point and so you know i think with Bri back it's best to kind of start to get cj comfortable spotting up for shots sliding down to that corner coming off pin down screens on the weak side of the floor with the strong action uh you know with the action going on the strong side like get him involved get him used to that because that is the success that is the recipe for success with the pelicans it's not going to be cj bringing the ball up shooting pull-up jumpers while zion fights for a position that's not going to be the recipe for success the recipe for success is, is giving zion the ball. And, you know, in 1B, giving Brandon Ingram the ball, and then 1C, maybe giving CJ the ball once or twice to let him come up, let him get a feel for the game. But his best his best asset right now is the three-point shot, and his best way of using that is to get open and playing off with the superstars. And with B.I. back, it's a good opportunity to kind of get him involved and get him ready for that.
0: I agree. So All-Star has been announced diane when you said if you've been living under a rock is a, is a <laughs> starter for the all-star how you feel about that like are you of the camp that's like well laurie has been playing well it's a bonus has been playing well or are you looking at the guy who was putting up crazy numbers and
1: an mvp conversation and played for- a couple less games most of it is fan voting anyway, and so you know, the all star game is for the fans. Zion Williamson came into the league with like 2 million Instagram followers, like he was as long as Zion plays, he has that polarizing mm-hmm. thing with fans where they're gonna vote him into the starting lineup. Um, and he's so good that all he needs is like to be first in fans and to be third, like he was this time in player voting, and that gives you a starter, uh, right there. So, no, Zion is incredible, he played. He played well, so great when he was on the floor. Those other guys are, you know, they have great years. Larry marketing and Sabonis. All those guys deserve to be all-stars. And I'm sure they will be. But I mean, there's only one Zion. It's the all-star game. I'm I'm not sure a lot of people really want to see, you know, this a uh, you know, the, the fans want to see Sabonis with, you know, a, a nice jab through, pull-up face up, uh, you know, face up thing, or, or maybe like a, a backup. Uh, I mean a backdoor pass on a on a backdoor cut or something like that. Now nah, they want to see Zion doing three sixty windmill dunks like he did against the Suns. So
0: yeah, well no, the second saying. question is, 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 does he play in that game? I I don't know about that. We'll get to yeah. that. Mm-hmm. The other announcement is that Trey Murphy will be in the dunk contest. Now I think this year's dunk contest is gonna be a little bit different than last year. <laughs> I yeah, think it's gonna, gonna be, be it's a gonna little be, it's gonna bit be.
1: different. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. You got Kevin Moore, Martin Jr. or Kenya Martin Jr., who we know his dad can dunk. And if you've seen him this season, he must have some type of feelings against the rim because he always dug the ball so On hard. On your
1: head. Yes, so
0: hard. But the person I think that Trey's going to really have it up against is Shane Sharp because mm. that guy walks in the gym and has – inflated pillows in his in his shoes because it's ridiculous he gets in the air so effortlessly like he don't even look like he'd be trying half the time and it's so ridiculous. I think Trey's gonna have an uphill battle but I, I think like I said I think you gonna get a better show this year than obviously last year was pretty tough. yeah yeah no, in good. that regard mm-hmm. but here's the third question Jose just got his whole shoe deal shout out to Jose mm-hmm. do you think he makes the rising stars game I don't know if he's gonna make it do you think jose makes it so here's
1: the thing i how do they pick the rising stars because like if it's the coaches they love jose alvarado no. and they'll put him in and like you know the fan service and he has the gta he has the the narrative behind that's him. why i think so he's I, gonna get it yeah i could see him absolutely getting in. i mean who i mean he is a very recognizable name on that, but here's the, so wait Do they do they still do the they do rising stars? So who is Team World versus Team? No, no, no,
0: no. Remember last year they did like the this five versus this five versus oh the 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 tournament.
1: The tournament, you're right. Mm -hmm. They showed that I forgot. I knew they had changed it up, but yeah, no, I I think he does I Herb got in last last year. I, I think Jose is gonna get on. I think you know a lot of people again, recognizable name, recognizable, you know, talent. And the things that he does and who wouldn't want to see you know a gta still in the rising Stars champs i mean it's poetic justice for it to happen i think they're gonna let him in too
0: so back to that question does zion play in this game now originally again uh, about a week ago now about a week ago zion <laughs> said or excuse me the pelicans came out and said that zion will be reevaluated in two weeks that puts him like roughly the week before all-star weekend now there are two games that happened that week that the Pelicans play I here's the thing I don't know if the Pelicans would rather say you know what we'd rather you sit out that week and sit out the week of the all-star break and come through after the all-star Blake fully healthy ready to go conquer the rest of the season and make a deep playoff ride or zion's itching to get back the team is faltering and they're like zion we need to slowly warm you up so here's 10 minutes here's 10 minutes oh by the way we know you want to play in the all-star game so the only way you play in the all-star game is if you play games before so my question to you is as we look at the western conference which we said it is a cluster and we'll let you use your imagination for the rest you got
1: <laughs> the Kings,
0: they're in the third. They're two and a half back of the Kings, one game back of the Clippers. Can't believe the Clippers have climbed to this, but they're a half a game behind the Wolves, tied with the Warriors, tied with the Mavericks. Again, this will all change by tomorrow. Uh, and then a half game on Jazz, a game over the Thunder, two games over Portland, two games over LA. So you look at that and you see the games left on the schedule between now and then. Can the Pels afford to sit Zion? And even
1: if he can play a couple games beforehand. What are your Can they af- can they afford it? They can, but it's it's not going to be pretty. Again, okay. you want to be three, four, five, four at the most, maybe games behind your intended seed, right? You want to be in third and fourth, right? That's, that's and like I say, maybe even fifth because fourth and fifth is just home court advantage between the two teams. You want to host a playoff series, so let's say four. Brandon Ingram, CJ, JV should be able to hold the four down. And even if they don't, like let's say they win, you know, you say there's there's what eight games before the all-star break. Let's say they go, they're at three and I don't know, three and three, or three and four, and they got they or three and three and five. No, three and three. I'm sorry, three and three. And you got those, those two games remaining before you're like, okay, here's Z. He, he could come back. They should. They should say, hey, look, the season is more important. Hold you out. Give you as much time possible. Hold you out of the All-Star game. I understand you want to play. You'll be back there. I promise you. You're not missing anything in Salt Lake City. Um, And, and just sit out and rest. All right? The parties will not be popping in Salt Lake City <laughs> after the All-Star game. I promise you that. Um, But but all jokes aside, I do think that like they could sit him out that time and then come back with it. Now, it's not going to be pretty. The Pelicans are not going to go eight and All right, There is going to be. It's not going to be the same Pelicans team that you saw before he got hurt, and the team that you're probably going to see when he comes back from his injury. But I do think that it's it's prudent, you know, as a as a as a business organization, because hamstrings are tricky. X Devin Booker. Man. Devin Booker sat out two weeks oh. on, on all of them games. Came back versus the Pelicans, gave them 60 points or 58 points, and didn't play a game afterwards. Has not played a game afterwards because hamstrings are tricky. Ask Maxi Kleber, who played on the uh hamstring, a uh, uh, sore hamstring, and then he tore it. And I didn't even know you can tear a hamstring. Knock on wood that that doesn't happen to anybody I know or where, but that sounds like it is very gruesome. Um happen. but 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 hamstrings are tricky, right? You can wake up one day, you can get on the floor and be like, Man, I'm ready. We good. And then you make one cut, and then mm, I'm sitting out. So I I do think that is prudent as a, as a business, as a team that is trying to they're they're not trying to have an all star starter like be the crowning achievement of this season. Right? Again, the Pelicans are ahead of the curve. They mm-hmm. are they are in a position where they could do some damage this this postseason. However, they are not. You shouldn't see them as like okay championship or bust but they do have though they do have aspirations for right. this season and so in order to you know get those aspirations which are still attainable right you're two and a half games back what are you two and a half games back of the three seed the the goals are still right there in your favor the best thing to do is to say hey listen Brandon Ingram CJJV this is why you are who you are this is why you get paid why you get paid allow Zion to get as much Rest and, and you know uh, rest and relaxation on that hamstring is possible for when you most need him. You don't need him right right now. Like you you do need him because you want to win game. But but if you, if it's at the expense of him further injuring that hamstring because it's bring Zion back, bring Zion back until he gets hurt again, and then everybody we, we you already see how it is without Zion right now. Like that, and, and this is with. The there is light at the end of the tunnel, Zion. Imagine if he gets hurt, and you're like, "Well, Zion's not coming back this season." So like now you're just like, "Well, this is the team going forward." There's no light at the end of the tunnel. So you wanna you wanna give him as much opportunity to do that. If Brandon Ingram is who we think he is, and CJ is who he think he is, uh, we think he is, and JV and these guys are, they need to get their act together, and they need to win games to give Z that time in order to relax. So if it was up to me, again, this is my opinion. I would keep him out through the All-Star game and bring him back, you know, already, have him ramp up during the All-Star weekend while everybody's out there doing that. Let's see, you know, how you look on, you know, five versus five. Can you you get up and down the floor? Let me see you cut. Let me see you do the things that you're going to do on the floor as opposed to partying in, 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 you know, Utah and playing a half-ass exhibition game that's not going to really push him to to anything. And so um, that would be my my advisory to, to hold him out and BI, CJ, JV, J. J. this is why you, you are brought in. This is why you're leaned upon as, as who you are. And just get it done, man. And give it to Z the time that he needs to rest and relax and heal.
0: I agree with you. But here's my different take mm-hmm. if he's ready, to go, if you do the evaluation and he's probably chomping at the bit to get back on the court,
1: and I think you he get told to Mark Spears that. Yeah. I think he told Mark right. Spears, I feel great. I want to play. Like I want I want to play an all-star game. He said it. So after the two weeks has gone by, if you
0: feel as if he's good to go, he's in no risk to re injure the hamstring. It's been what a month or so. So that's about the mm-hmm. time that people generally heal for hamstrings. If you feel that's the case, I would rather him use those games as warm-ups. Like I think it one of them was a the Lakers game, uh, mm-hmm. I think one of them was Sacramento game. If he can get the same thing that Brandon Ingrams right now, if he can get Mm -hmm. a practice and then maybe get 15 minutes and then get 10 minutes and go to the All-Star game, go in there for a second and then come out let somebody else play, that's what I would rather. Because then you can use the rest of that week to get back into team shape and get back into into integrating the offense and things like that. Because what I fear is going to happen with, hey, he keep him out all All All-Star break. As then the week after All-Star Break, it's like, well, now he's progressing to five on five. And then the next week is like, mm-hmm. okay, well, now he's playing to by that point, you've played another six games and you're running out of time. And so again, it all depends on how his health is, what the doctors say, what the scans show, everything like that. If he's at if he's not 100%, don't play him. Right. With hamstrings, you don't want to play. But if he is, don't just hold him out just to hold him out when you need mm-hmm. to start getting the team ready. Because at this point, you're three-fourths through the season, and you still don't know what your team is, right? So we talk about not knowing what the team is but, and not knowing you know, what to trade for, whether it's a small trade, whether it's a big trade, or whatnot, because you really don't know what your weaknesses <laughs> are. But I can tell you one weakness that exists, no matter if Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson on the court, and that is rim protection. So... The Bucs game, again, I'm not really looking at the Bucs game as like, oh, this is how the Pelicans stack up versus the Bucs, and more so just the schemes and what I don't like from the first game or the second game versus the Bucs. The Pelicans still don't understand how to build the wall. The other teams, you know, what did they do versus Zion? They put Drew on Zion, and they said, okay, if you get past him, then you got to deal with Giannis. If you get past Giannis, got to deal with Brooke Lopez. The Pelicans are going to have to do that for some of these teams in the West. Ant Edwards, you saw it this week, right? He's getting to the paint, and if you can't stop him, if your feet are made of cinder blocks, it's not going to help in the playoff series, right? And so the Pelicans are the worst team in the league in terms of allowing points at the rim. Larry Nance, again, while a great fit for this team, there are certain matchups that he's just not tall enough. You saw it versus DeAndre Ayton in the playoffs last season. Just not tall enough. Again, it's not an indictment on Larry Nance. It's just pure physics. Like, if I'm taller (laughs) than you and I can reach higher than you, it doesn't matter how high you can jump, right? And so in those scenarios, you say, okay, well, what about J.B. or Billy? We saw the pick and roll coverage with JV." We saw the pick and roll coverage with Billy. That ain't the answer, right? That's just not the answer. And then you got Jax who's unreliable. So in a playoff series where guys are going to be getting to the rim more often than just jacking up jumpers, how does this team address the lack of rim protection? Like, sure, if you want to play Zion at the farm, he's very athletic. I get it but I just don't see it right now on the roster. And that seems to be a glaring
1: glaring. Now nah, it is, it is, it is the, it is the, <laughs> the Achilles heel of the, of the Pelicans right now. Um, it is to a point where you're starting to see uh, Willie, like completely go away from JV in the four, like just I, Larry Nance is short, but he's the best option that I have at mm-hmm. that point. And then you see what happens when he can't jump over, over, over people and, you know, you look at Larry Nance against the trees yesterday, man, and he – I'm like – He was fighting, but – Man, that's, that. they are tall. They are tall <laughs> and they are long and they're just – it's just, man. So, listen, it, it's something that the Pelicans have to address. We've been beating this drum for a while, um, and I think as, as more and more people go down and, like, more and more games get to the point where you get in the full quarter – and it's just a parade at the rim for Bradley Beal and Anthony Edwards and you know this guy and that guy. It, it it is it is starting to become more and more of a of a glaring issue. And so, if anything, if there is and that's that is why I was, I'm hesitant to give all of if majority, if not all of the what they call the the treasure trove of of picks and young players and things that get you into that. It's why I'm hesitant to do it for a guy. That's not gonna help that because that if you if you want to talk about making win now moves, you're not gonna win a championship without without with guys just parading to the room. Like even if you want to talk about, you could get through the West, right? You get through LeBron and AD and Anthony Edwards and all of these guys who are attacking a John ja Morant, guys who live in the paint and attacking the paint. Um, and you're just, you know, going to get, how do you plan on beating the Bucks in the finals, the Celtics in the finals, the Philadelphia 76 in the finals with all of these paint guys that are just, you know, and you have nothing to do with a you know, with a shot block. And so that is, that is the, the one thing the Pelicans need to address in this, this, you know, in this trade, um, you know, in this trade deadline If this, if there is a, a, a an opportunity, to go and, and listen, I, I'm sure Washington is not letting that guy go, but you saw every time Daniel Gaffer plays the Pelican. Hey, man, look, you, you know, that's been on my agenda for a long time. You see, you see what an active big man who plays defense and things like that. Another guy like Rashawn Holmes, who is just collecting dust in Sacramento, who you you don't need a guy who's like, hey, he's 20. He's, you know, whatever, whatever. Like he could get 20 points or whatever. You need a guy who can who you sub him in, and he can play defense, and he can, you know, he can he can protect the rim. Um, I'm, I see people saying that sh- that shooting is the the biggest weakness, but at least you have Trey who's not hitting, CJ who can you know can get hot at at times. Brandon Ingram is shooting the highest percentage uh of, of, of three pointers in his career. Kyra Lewis can give you some shots. Devontae Graham can give you some shots. Who is shooting? Like who is? Who is the guy that's on the roster that can be the rim protector that, oh, he's just having an off stretch or, oh, he's just not playing because Willie doesn't see like Jackson is not that guy. Jackson is, we've seen that he there are some times that he can help, you know, as a, as a, as a help defender and block shots, but as a, like a primary, just I'm playing pick and roll, meeting you at the rim or help defense. And I'm meeting you at the rim. It's not really Jackson's, you know, Jackson's forte. And so at least the Pelicans have, like if Devontae Graham hit five threes in a game, you're not shocked at it, right? If if Trey Murphy hits four threes in a game, it's nothing shocking about that. If there's somebody on the JV got a block, and everybody in the arena started screaming <laughs> and yelling and celebrating because the Pelicans don't get blocks, they just don't get blocks at the room. So, like it's you don't have that player, right? You don't have that guy, and so I, I just it is it's difficult to see how they address that. Um, you know, uh, again, you can go back to Jackson, but again, that's not reliable. You don't know what to, what you're going ex- to, to, uh, you're going to get from him. Um, he, he can offer some help in that, in that way, but I just don't think that that guy is on the roster. And that is something that if we're talking about win now moves, that is a win. You have to go address that when the Pelicans are healthy. And again, if you're making a win now trade, you're assuming that the Pelicans are going to be healthy. So, when the Pelicans are healthy, scoring is not the issue. They can put up 140, 150 points with the best of them. It is what's going to happen when Larry Nance is in foul trouble or Larry Nance is unavailable or what happens when you're that when when Larry Nance is available and you're playing somebody who is seven feet tall and, and athletic and can jump and do everything. Daniel Gafford is not the most the best player that you're going to see but you saw him just be out. There were times where Larry Nance would walk up to Daniel Gaffin and just tap him on the leg. Like, bro, you working, man. I can't <laughs> do nothing about that. And like, and so that that's an issue to deal with. So that is the one thing that I, I think that the Pelicans, if if you, if, in my opinion, if you're looking to make a trade, that is the, the, the spot that you need to address your rim protection, because it's just not there. And it's Zion doesn't help that. So when Zion gets back, him at rim, like sure he could get a block or two and, and things like that, but he's not your rim protection help. Um, and so at that point, are you just trying to outscore people, um, you know, and, and stop them from getting that way? Um, and we've seen that the Pelicans haven't been able to do that, right? Uh, I
0: again, this is the biggest current concern I have about the roster. I agree with you. Um, you know, people saying shooting is the biggest issue. Remember, you got to remember the context within the season happens. Shooting, you know, is down. Everyone's struggling from the three-point line. But is that Zion passing to wide open CJ and Zion passing to wide open Brandon Ingram and Zion passing to Trey after he's already scored six points in a row so that if Trey misses, you're not like, oh, no, we're about to go through an eight-minute slide. It's like, no, the next possession is going to go to Zion and he's going to score twice. So shooting can be an issue, but you haven't been at, a uh, capacity to see your best shooters get the best looks yet. And so, to your point, they're able to score even with the three point percentage not being that high because you have two of the top 20 scores in the NBA. Well, when those guys are not on the court, of course, shooting looks terrible. But to your point, if you want to beat teams in a playoff, you got to get stops. And if you can't defend the rim, you ain't getting stops. And so, without there being a clear answer, either the team's going to have to figure it out or there's going to have to be a move made around the edges probably in order to bring something in to give a different look. So we have a new week. The last two weeks have been unkind. We'll call it that. Not not great. It's not ideal. Not ideal. This week doesn't get easier. So you got no, Denver on Tuesday. You got at Dallas on Thursday. You got home versus the Lakers, home versus the Kings. I think that the Pelicans match up well versus Denver. So I think I actually think that's going to be a more compelling game than people think. And then the other three are somewhat winnable. So tell me what you look at this week and tell me what you see uh, in terms of things that stand out.
1: Yeah, uh, again, um, you know, I I think that if the Pelicans can do what they've been doing in these games where they stay competitive, um, I think Brandon Ingram, you know, bringing being back uh, allows them a a little bit of of a a little bit of a cushion in these games where when you're competing and you're giving all that energy, these guys are not going to be relied on to, to, to supplement those Brandon Ingram points. Um, You know, they're still going to have to step up in the uh, absence of Zion, but I think, you know, those guys can relax a little bit knowing that at least Brandon Ingram is out there, right? He, he's garnering that attention um, and things like that. CJ will no longer get the Aaron Gordon treatment. That'll be Brandon Ingram, right? So now, CJ will get Jamal Murray guarding him now. And now you can do some things uh, a little bit different with Jamal Murray guarding you as opposed to Aaron Gordon, which is their best defender, or Bruce Brown, which is their best defender. Um, Same thing with the Dallas game. Dorian Finney-Smith will be on Brandon Ingram now as opposed to everybody watching CJ. So I think now, you know, with Brandon Ingram back in the fold, this is a good opportunity for him um, to get some of those those things. the, the, The Mavs were struggling without Luka. Um, I do think that they are they are a team that can't be had right now. I think they're trying to figure some things out the same way the Pelicans are. Um, I just think that the, the the Pelicans roster is better than that. The Mavs roster outside of the the Luca uh, outside of Luca, obviously. Um, and then, like you say, you have the Lakers and you have the Kings like listen the lakers um they they've been playing a lot better uh ad came back they just made a trade for Rui. um they've been losing a lot of games shout out shout out to that tantrum that lebron had and pat bell bringing the camera out that was that is that was that was a wild scene i've never i've never seen lebron that angry and that upset and that demonstrative doing too much doing too right um yeah doing a lot doing a lot uh but again, that is a team that outside of LeBron and, and AD, a team that can be had. And if, if 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 BI and CJ can just one of them get it going and the other one just not be awful, like just be normal, just be average, they they can win these games because again, you have the defenders, you have the guys that are making you know life difficult and herb and uh and, and nausea back and, and guys like that. You have the defenders. It's just been the offense, and I think if you if you plug in Kyra, you know, and you you play Brandon Ingram and you start to kind of switch up your lineups and get some of this energy from 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 Bi and from Kyra and, and inject that into your offense, uh, you got a shot against these games. That that Kings game, listen, the Kings are playing phenomenal. Um, they are the rim. Yeah, man, they are playing phenomenal. But we've watched, I've you know, we've watched Darren Fox come to New Orleans and do whatever the hell he want to. For right. years, right? He right. he he's very comfortable at home, um, in in the Crescent City. So you know it's going to be upon Herb to to get there. I'm sure he's going to get that assignment, but you know, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll hear some news maybe about Zion and and you know start hearing towards the end of that 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 week to hear some things about him coming back, and you'll see that light at the end of the tunnel. But again, like to your point, these are winnable games, right? The the Nuggets might be tough. But this is what Brandon Ingram is, is here for. Like you know, you've you got some time now to 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 rest. You've put in some shots. You've you understand? Okay, I don't have to shoot every single time. I know I'm clicking. This is a good time to get into your role. And and you know that Nuggets game is should be tough. That you know that Sacramento Kings game should be tough. But again, you these are winnable games that you 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 can get. And so I I think two and two is a good week. I think you can do three and one like it, okay. you can but you know at right now I I'm sure the Pelicans fans you just you just need one just get one you get yeah. one and you see where it goes from there I'm looking for the Brandon Ingram welcome to the season as soon as that
0: happened I'm gonna take the Pelicans the the games after that so if that's in the mm-hmm. Denver game they might go four or no right I think that's mm-hmm. the jolt that the team needs To your point, we talked about Kyra bringing energy. We talked about Brandon Ingram being able to set the table for all his teammates, including CJ. The the person we haven't talked about that I think Brandon Ingram really frees up is Najee Marshall. I think that what he's been able to show so far this season only grows when his guy is on the court with him. I think he's one of those people that buys into, I feed off the energy of my guys. And so if you can get something going with CJ and, and and uh and B.I., maybe Najee's able to carry the torch for the second unit and do things like that. So, again, tough week. Two and two would be great. Just stop the bleeding, right? Just stop the mm-hmm. bleeding. So, with that said, that's all we got for you
1: this this week, folks. You got left for the people, guys. As always, you never know what people are going through, so give somebody a smile today. Listen, I, I understand the frustrations. I hear them. I see them in my messages. I see them in my DMs. It's tough. It's tough to watch the Pels go from one to eighth uh there. you know that you know like that but this is what happens when you don't have your best players um you know if if, if you really go into the game into these games without brandon ingham and zion and you know and, and herb is out and you expect the pelicans to win by 20. i really don't know what to, to, to tell you at that point but um but you know it's it's this is why we love tomorrow right it's another day Uh, in the NBA, so it's a good time for the Pels to to stop the bleeding uh, tomorrow against Denver. So, uh, as always, follow myself at Garrick underscore Rattler. Follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler. Follow us on Twitter at PelsPod and on IG at Podcast. And most importantly, like the episode below and subscribe to New Orleans.network, and we'll see you guys next week.